Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. And hey, they're winning again. Two game winning streak. <laughs> the season is back on. Haters, welcome aboard. Uh, this is a this is a bandwagon headed straight for the tenth seed. Freight train is heading back downhill. Quite possibly. Uh, you're still in green. The last time I saw you, you were in green. That is very true. Uh, the last time I saw you, I was I uh, had just lit the match, uh, which then exploded the powder keg. Uh, that was the downtown St. Patrick's Day Parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations to Grand Marshal Johnny Marie. He led us through, uh, you know, safely and soundly. And we went to like six bars. I had a hundred shots. I uh, wore a tuxedo. With you were tails. in a tuxedo. You had a uh, emerald green bow tie, and you had a cane, which I think was for protection, that was covered in uh, bouquets of flowers. I had those stupid flowers, the pit, the, the paper flowers. That didn't last throughout uh, the evening, did it? <laughs> I got tried to get rid of this pretty quickly. I don't think they made it to the warehouse district. If they did, it didn't make it far. Uh, handing out the flowers. So everyone, the thing that everyone does, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, a group of about 100-ish, 200-ish, just total skis balls, you know? And some of these guys are my friends, but most of them... And even the ones who are who I do like are just total skis. And all they're doing is if you happen to see one girl that's like an in shape female who's under fifty years old, mm-hmm. I mean, she's just getting flooded with paper flowers and expected to kiss these guys on the cheek. Oof. It's creepy. That's unquestionably creepy. So I only handed them to groups of dudes. Oh, great. Did it work? <laughs> and they were very surprised. <laughs> Children and groups of dudes. Uh, and it was uh, hilarious. Or like if there'd be like a, a guy with, you know, his girlfriend standing there and hand it to, to, to the guy. Oh, okay. And, you know, they'd all be like pointing to their girlfriend be like, no, you deserve one too, friendo. You're standing out here. Uh, so it was a, it was, a, it was good to see people's faces while that was happening. I found that to be my big, big fun game. Give them the old switcheroo, get a few smooches while you're at it. Yeah. I didn't touch anyone. That was my other goal. Was That's to just good. Not touch you said anyone. you were handing it out to men and children. <laughs> so it's going to fill in the blank there, <laughs> No, but you were in good spirits. I was at work when I saw you, <laughs> <laughs> I walked over to Carrie's Irish pub <laughs> There's some guy on stage, uh, you know, playing Smelly Cat on the bagpipes. <laughs> oh, what was that? You you ordered like a water and they gave you a triple vodka. <laughs> that was incredible. I asked, I was like, hey, can I just get a, you know, Tito's on the rocks? And the guy poured an entire glass full of vodka. Yeah. And it was like, ah, I think I gave you too much. And I was like, well, I guess I'll tip you uh, $3 instead of, you know, 2 or whatever it was. 
was. It was like it was seven bucks. I was like, this this city is a joke. Yeah, I mean, it seemed to be a good way to send you off. I sent you down the street, and I went back to work to judge the Easter decorating <laughs> contest. It was like four thirty, but it was five o'clock in all of our hearts. Yeah, that downtown Irish parade is a great time. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever done it before or whatever, but. It, I've never seen a more relaxed anything uh, as far as like a an organized group. It just stops so you can just go into bars as because you walk down Frenchman, down Decatur, and then down Chapatulas as you're in Marigny, Warehouse, uh, French Quarter Warehouse District. And there's really the route is blocked off by the police. There's no cars. There's no whatever. There's bands. There's everything. But we just stopped. And everyone just went to a bar, and the whole parade would just stop while you just hung out in this bar for 20 wow. minutes. <laughs> and there was nobody being like, hey, we got to go. <laughs> it was just like whenever everyone was like, oh, I guess I finished my drink. I guess I'll get back on the thing. <laughs> and then there's like a bar behind us that's on wheels that like people they had you know bartenders in like a float. The only float that I could see was just a bar. For us. And I was like, who is enjoying this parade besides me and like the eight guys I'm hanging out with? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. But this was it was kind of a perfect uh, scenario for me. I had a wonderful time. Yeah, I saw a lot of clowns walking around in the wacky novelty shirts, you know, that yeah. are like, squeeze my tits. I'm Irish. <laughs> All that shit. I avoided it like the plague. Yeah. I got I got hit with my first one, 830 in the morning. I'm walking to work. I see some uh, a coworker, and they're like, "Where's your green?" Oh my god! And I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" I know. Because <laughs> St. Patrick's Day is seven days in New Orleans. Oh it's my like god. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a week before, uh-huh. and then it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday again. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, we're doing it today on Friday," which I guess everybody <laughs> was. They were just wearing green the entire time. Yeah. Then there was another parade Saturday and another parade Sunday in Metairie, and, and I. I used to do that where I'm like, I'm not going to wear green because I'm a crazy rebel <laughs> badass. I'm going to wear black and blow their minds. And then I, and then no one gives a shit. No. They're just like, oh, this guy doesn't like to have fun, which is true. <laughs> but I wasn't doing it on purpose uh, on Friday. Sure. Uh, yeah, I I'd kind of forgot. I mean, if it, I wasn't walking in the parade, I definitely would have forgotten about it because it did feel like everything St. Patrick's was the week before. So we've had four weekends now, basically, of parades between the two weekends of Mardi Gras. And if, if you include Crew de Vue, five. Yeah. Uh, so five of the last six weekends have been full of parades. It is just, we need a break. I think we just need uh, a, a big exhale. And listen, I had an amazing time. It was a lovely weekend. Uh, but yeah, we don't need any more parades for a minute. Not for a while. Everybody's paraded out. The toilet paper's stuck in the trees. <laughs> they can't Is get this it out? a story? Is this a story? There's toilet paper in the trees. Isn't that every year? How about the bodies in the gutters? Yeah, that's are worse. those decomposing <laughs> in the rain? How about the acres of tires that are just <laughs> sitting in the middle of some road in New Orleans East? That's they ban the potatoes from the Irish parade. What yeah. I think they should start throwing out tires. Maybe yeah. that can be the next one. That I, that's I. There are a faster chance of getting rid of them. Yeah. I know somebody it's said a fun toy. You can make it into a swing. You can roll it with the stick. I don't know the toilet paper thing. I'm not interested in it. The city, it's appropriate for the city to be covered in toilet paper. That seems like it would only help clean it. 
<laughs> you know who loves a tree covered in toilet paper? Who's that? A homeless guy. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> it's free yeah. toilet paper. I know. Uh, yeah. I, I. I. Is it? Are they spinning it as if this is a unique problem this year? Is there more toilet paper than usual from Tux? I think the the. They're saying that they, other crews are copying Tux. Oh, got it. So it results in more toilet paper in the trees, which, got of course, it. it does. But I think the problem is the beads that will last forever yes. that were made by Chinese slaves. Yeah, well, that seems bad, too. <laughs> that's probably worse than well, just toilet the, paper that's going to be in a tree for a couple of weeks. It's probably made by Chinese slaves, too. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've, I definitely have seen you know those guys really go... Go for the gusto when they're mm-hmm. throwing that toilet paper. It's there. fun. It's satisfying. Yeah, I didn't have to throw anything. Uh, I walked with the Mackle brothers. That was a great time. Ooh. It was Fletcher. You were in between them. Yes, Fletcher was the man of the year, uh, which was very exciting. Uh, he wore a white. His so my, my tuxedo was black. With tails, he had a white tuxedo with tails. He looked very good. He normally does. He was crushing it out there, and he was like, "I think I'm too old for this." I was like, "I think you are too." <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, and he's, he's like, "I mean, I've done this a lot of times." Was like, Fletcher, nobody cares. You'll be good. And yeah. he was. He was great. Everybody loves Fletcher Mackle. That's fantastic. what you realize. That's one of those things. Nothing in this world has ever distorted everything except uh you know like twitter or always like it's not real life yeah on twitter everyone hates fletcher okay <laughs> everyone calls him a loser and everyone's like your trades are stupid i can't believe it. and they bitch at him all the time because he uses emojis and in real life everyone loves Fletcher. everybody Michael. wants to be fletch everyone wants a picture everyone wants to give him a hug People loved Fletcher Mackle. It was uh, to see him in that white tuxedo and to see everyone uh, going to Fletch. He is uh, a beacon of light in this city of uh, of of despair. He really is. He's a he's a modern day prophet for the city of New Orleans. (laughs) And I'm glad you got to saunter along beside him as well. They're the best. The Mackle brothers had a very good time. It was a it was uh, a trip seeing them in that situation. I also saw Donna Brazil, the former head of the DNC. Who could forget? I looked right at her and said, are you Donna Brazil? She goes, yeah. It's like, okay. All right. See you later. I don't think anyone here voted for you. Except me. And the Mackles. I was like, that was it. I don't think anybody else uh, even thought about it in this crew. Give her a flower. Yeah, I was like, the Irish uh, representation of New Orleans, I I think, uh, mostly went to the other side of the aisle. Um. Yeah, <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> and she she was a good sport because everyone was obviously very drunk. And yeah, they, I think Travers posted a picture with her. I'm not sure. I didn't see. Yeah. Well, she's very famous. That Donna Brazil. <laughs> I was very impressed. I recognized her. That's in my great. State. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's a great. We literally stopped like inside of Ryan's in the French Quarter. Been there. The uh, Ryan's Irish the all you can eat buffet and steakhouse. <laughs> yes, we went to the chocolate fountain yeah. in the middle of it. No, I've been to Ryan's yeah. before, and uh, we watched the end of the uh, Fairly Dickinson uh, sixteen over a one seed uh, mm-hmm. beating Purdue. So that was a great thing to happen in the middle of the parade. And yeah, so so we blocked off the street for. A, <laughs> if you were trying to cross Decatur at any time during the last eight minutes of that game, you didn't move because we were all inside <laughs> watching the game, stopping the street. Uh, so it was uh that was very cool and yeah other than that i watched uh, a ton of basketball this last week 
Uh, did you catch much NCAA tournament, or are you kind of beyond it now? I caught more women's games than I did men's games. Interesting. Honestly. Interesting. Well, I've got like the ESPN Plus, oh, and yeah. like I can stream that at work. The CBS thing doesn't work very well. Mm. I've been incredibly busy. I haven't been all in on the tournament yet. I'm so busy. But now it's really getting to the. We can't all just avoid our jobs constantly like you do. I'm so busy. The CEO of your company calls you and is like, you're not at laser tag, are you? I'm very busy. I have to tweet for the show. That's four hours a day, I would say mostly. Mm-hmm. Then I have to watch these Pelicans games. Yes. Jesus Christ, that's a full-time job. It's very important. In and of itself. Is this guy wearing a yarmulke? I don't know. Does he's, he have fake hair? He's the only person that has a worse hairline than me. Oof. Yeah, they got the press conferences playing here of the Spurs. It's Mashmoof Mahmoud Mahmoud Abdul Rof. I don't know. It's the guy with the craziest name in the world. The Skittishvili or whatever. Yeah. I don't you know, know he looked guy. like DeMontis Sabonis out there tonight. He had a good night. Yeah. Uh, anyways, riveting uh, podcasting as we're talking about this guy. This is riveting. <laughs> I've listened to some other podcasts lately, and the people sound like they're underwater. <laughs> they have no idea what to say. They've never spoken to a human being before. They mostly parrot what they've read on Twitter, which is stupid. Stupid, yeah, almost always. And I just, I don't get it. There's there's five million Pelicans podcasts now, and four of them sound like they were recorded with audio equipment. (laughs) You can guess the four. (laughs) Can you, like, I know you can, like, download an app. I'm sure it's called, like, Podcast Now, and then it steals all of your data and sends it to China. But just because you can do that on your Boost Mobile phone does not mean that you need a podcast. And for this team, we really don't need any. We don't need any. We uh, we, we truly could live without dealing with, with talking about this team for a while. I. You know, I, the, the season is not over. I watched tonight's game. It was an incredibly boring game. The starters played for 42 minutes against the Austin Round Rock Spurs. Yeah, I mean, that G was... League wannabes. Like, the Spurs were already the worst team in the league, and then I think three of the starters that played in their last game, a win over Atlanta, sat because the Spurs were like, please, God, don't win any more games so we can try to get the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, I mean, the Pelicans have finally figured it out with two games left in the season play the worst team in the NBA when they're playing their worst players. <laughs> it's good. It's a, a good setup. It's a winning formula. It's a good formula. Yeah, Brandon Ingram played 31 minutes tonight. They well, were they were dominant from the get-go. Yeah. Brandon Ingram had 10 points in the first quarter. Uh they were up by I think 12, 13, 14 I at think the end of the first quarter. And half. I mean, the Spurs had like 13 points in the first quarter. <laughs> And still, like the mindset of this team is like, oh, 28 points in the fourth. It's, it's not it's not set in stone yet. Sprinkle a little money line. You always got to think about it. Sprinkle a little money I line. I bet on the Spurs when they were down by 14 in, in the second. Yeah. It's like, well, might as well. Why wouldn't I? Always got to sprinkle a little money line. <laughs> I've seen the movie too many times. Um, but the, it's a nice get right game. 
Uh, the Pelicans blew a get-right game, you know, a couple nights ago. So every win should be not be taken for granted. Uh, that, I think, you know, I didn't get to see much of it uh, Saturday night. Uh, but that was the worst loss of the season. As, as frustrating as the Lakers' loss was, I guess, you know, whatever it was a week and a half ago, uh, that loss in Houston on Saturday night was just death. I mean, that was just miserable. It was the the Lakers game was a lot of people's end of the season game. Yes. Houston killed off the survivors. Yeah. And this was, I thought it was funny. My girlfriend, we were watching the news earlier and they referred to this game tonight as a must win. She's like, they've said that <laughs> the every game was must win for the last fucking eight weeks. Yeah. I was like, yeah, they all, they have been. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's like, it's. Unfortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it for the Pelicans, like everybody around them keeps losing too. So they're not, you know, losing that much ground by losing, but they keep not getting themselves into position to really like move up. So I think they're still a half game back of the 10 spot, even after that win. Uh, you know, we'll see how things shake out the rest of the night and, and by tomorrow. Uh, and then they have another easy game on Wednesday. I believe Charlotte's coming here. So these are the games you got to win uh, to give yourself a chance and then hope you can, you know, steal a couple against some good opponents as they come up. Because this team, they it's, I mean, the Pelicans stink. They're not a very good team. Uh, I think we've kind of tap danced around it. We thought they were good for a while. And then they were like, oh, well, if they just do this, they're, they're just bad. And they've played mm -hmm. badly most of the season. And they've had a lot of opportunities and they have not pulled through. I don't know exactly who is to blame. Uh, it feels like kind of everybody. Uh, but if you don't win against Charlotte, that's a huge problem because then it's going to be very hard to win going forward. And, you know, they could end up backing into the 10th spot just by sheer luck at this point. Um, you know, I think they play Milwaukee in a couple games. They decide to rest somebody or, you know, there are things that can happen where they could just get lucky in the way that the end of season sometimes can be a fluke. But I think we're past the point now where no matter what happened, no matter what happens toward the end of this season, we can't say they're a good team. No, they're not. I mean, Charlotte will really be indicative of how bad this team is. Charlotte has 11 fewer wins than the Pelicans. They're dead last in the East. They have nobody except Terry Rozier. Yeah. The question now is, do we want the Pelicans to continue this facade of a basketball team going into the postseason? Yeah. Last season was different. The momentum was coming up. Mm -hmm. It was fun. It was the exact same team, probably less talented, less definitely less experienced. But they had they look like they gave a shit. This yes. team does not give a shit. It doesn't feel that way a lot of the times, and they certainly don't seem like they enjoy playing with each other most of the time. Tonight, notwithstanding, uh, it's always nice to just beat the crap out of whoever you're playing. Uh, they don't seem to enjoy it. Nobody really seems to enjoy watching them. Uh, and they can turn, you know, it really only takes winning a few games at the end of the year. And then if you are able to win two games in the play in, all of a sudden you're basically right back to where you were last year yeah. and everybody's excited again. I just don't see it, though. And I, I feel like it's masked some of the the way last season ended masks some of the issues that this roster had. 
I don't think that will be quite as big of a problem this time around if they're able to pull it off. Uh, but I also just don't believe in tanking, like especially if you have the opportunity that's in front of them, which is to make the playoffs, and you could make the playoffs fairly easily, just win some damn games. Like, there's right in front of you. I mean, you're like within two games of the seven, and it's, it's like you're you're right there. Uh, so the folks who are asking for tanking, I think that's silly. Um, just for the slight opportunity, a slightly better opportunity at like a really good pick. I don't get it, and I don't think it's worth it, and I'd like to see them continue to go for it, and they will continue to go for it. There's no chance they're going to tank. Picks in the NBA are not worth as much as they are in, say, the NFL, unless it's one or two some years. Yeah then otherwise it doesn't really matter. What matters for this team is chemistry, momentum, and getting their shit together. Yes. There's talent on this team. It is dispersed. It is injured. It doesn't know what to do. The leadership looks wobbly. But if they can right the ship, get into that 10th spot, and then get drummed by 30, (laughs) then we'll at least think that we're going in the right direction. I just don't know. I don't... I don't know what I want to see. I don't know if I want to see the Pelicans continue this bullshit, go in there, get everybody's hopes up, get drummed, get out of there, and then we go, well, that was fun. Yeah. Does that help the team at all? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Does it help the team in the long run? Not really. But there are so many problems with this team, it's hard to pinpoint it on one thing. So maybe I should just shut up and be glad that the Pelicans are are on a winning streak right now. <laughs> Two games against the worst teams in the league. And, and, and playing the, the starters 40 minutes a game. And, and a loss against the worst team, you know, <laughs> three days ago. Uh, it, it's Yeah, it's a weird position to be in. You can't really be all that jazzed about it. But, it, I mean... It could be worse. You could be completely in the wilderness, you know, uh, under a normal year. If you had the record that you had, uh, you know, certainly prior to the play in tournament, you'd just be playing out the string, knowing you're going to end up, you know, the number nine pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. That kind of is, is miserable. Uh, so this is there's a lot to play for. I do wonder, like, what the hell has to happen to this team in order for Willie Green to start catching some real heat? Uh, for them to move to a market where the <laughs> basketball media is allowed to criticize the team, is allowed to hold them responsible without no. being called meanies, uh, negative Nancys. No, it's actually just accountability. Yeah. It's what happens to every team in the NBA yeah. other than the Pelicans for some reason. Yeah, I, I truly cannot understand the uh, kid gloves, honestly, that he's gotten as this season has gone completely off the rails. Brandon Ingram's gotten a little bit of heat. I mean, Christian certainly uh, fired a, a flare or two at, uh, at Brandon Ingram, uh, deservedly so, obviously, in our opinion. Uh, C.J. McCollum has mostly escaped criticism completely, even though he's played like trash a lot of the year. Uh, and the Zion thing is just lingering out there. But Willie Green, like his number one job, the reason that everybody said Willie Green was the perfect coach for this team not that long ago, we're talking, you know, three months ago, everyone said he was the perfect coach for this team is because the guys play hard for him. They uh, like to be around him. He's a guy who understands how to bring a locker room together, all those kinds of things. Have you seen any of that in the no. last 
eight to ten weeks? No, I haven't. None of that. So his only strength has turned into a weakness of the team. So what the hell is he? That? Obviously, from an X and O perspective, I mean, I, other people can break it down better than I can, but it doesn't seem like they're doing anything particularly innovative on offense. Uh, it is routinely terrible uh, and routinely just lineups that don't make any sense and uh, you know, not knocking down threes. And, and, and maybe the roster is set up to fail in some ways, but it's the same roster that was there last year. It is a coach that does not have the same grasp of his team. And I think in most places he would be getting a lot of heat right now. And he's kind of been under the radar of like, no one just, it's all right, Willie Green. And I don't think he's going anywhere because David Griffin can't fire him. He can't fire another coach. He can't fire a third coach in four years. No, and I don't know if if firing Willie is what needs to be done for the team. Yeah. But I do know if Willie was in the Lakers and had them in first place, yeah. and then regardless of injuries to whomever, if now you're fighting for scraps and yeah. have looked completely incompetent since Thanksgiving, yeah. I think people would be uh, uh, saying that your head is on the chopping block. Yes. And there is nothing. It's not, it's not praise. It's not negativity. It's just Willie Green does not exist anymore yeah. in, in the Pelicans universe. No one is talking about it. It's weird, uh, and I, I'm sure a lot of it's because he's a nice guy. He is a nice guy. He's young. He's better for this team or has been better for this team than Stan Van Gundy. And I guess that's the thing. Like Stan Van Gundy, it was so obvious what a terrible fit that was, and everyone seemed so completely miserable, and they were so far out of the playoffs that there was never really like even the conversation that this was a good move. But Willie Green, if not for the play-in right now, would be a guy who would miss the playoffs twice. Like, it is uh, it is not that much different. Uh, this franchise has been very bad for a very long time. Uh, I, I was debating with someone, it, with you know, good friend of the show, Jack Gooding, are the Pelicans the worst franchise in the NBA? Because the Kings now are good. Yeah. So like them ending that very prolonged streak, maybe they're kind of overtake, but that it's got to be one of those two, right? I would think so. And the only other option is Charlotte. If you if you don't include pre uh if you just include the Bobcats to now, I suppose. You know, Charlotte's got to be taking that. Yeah, I mean they But have it's stuck. not a, it's not a hunt you want to be in. You don't <laughs> you don't want to be questionable in the worst franchise in NBA history. The Pelicans have had consecutive winning seasons in franchise history exactly once. Consecutive winning seasons. I've been talking about 50 win seasons mm. or winning playoff rounds. Consecutive winning seasons. The only time they did it was the two years of Chris Paul in 2008-9 and 9-10. And you might remember 9-10 is the year they lost by 58 points in a playoff game. <laughs> so it's a pretty miserable existence, this franchise overall. And that's why it is so painful to watch what they've gone through this year where things look to be so good and they were finally like riding this prolonged wave of positive momentum and it's hit the skids and someone's got to be accountable for it. And I don't know who ultimately is going to be held accountable for it, but unless they totally changed their identity in the last two weeks of the season there's just no way this is tenable going into another year of this see that's 
really what I think what you're saying is somebody needs to be held somebody will be held accountable is different than somebody needs to be held accountable nobody will be held accountable for this season until it's long over yeah well by that i mean and it's going to be it's going to be griff griff is going to take the fall for this team in a couple years when he's not here anymore yeah we're going to continue to see I don't know if we'll see the level that we did this season of, oh, wow, these are contenders yeah. to rock bottom. But it's going to stay on that trajectory for the next couple of years. Yeah. What would change about it? Zion being healthy? I don't consider that a realistic option. This team is at full strength without Zion. When Zion is healthy, that's a bonus. Yeah. He's not... He, 26 games a season, is he part of the team? But I guess being held accountable would also be <clears throat> just shaking up the nucleus of this team. That it, your your big three guys are not Zion, Ingram, and McCollum. Somebody gets traded, somebody gets moved. You shake up you know, significantly what you're doing. They entered last offseason essentially with the concept of if we just keep this group together and add Zion, which they didn't have to do anything to add Zion. They just you know, kept him. Uh, as long as we do that, we're going to be a great team. And it looked like they had made the right decision for a pretty prolonged part mm-hmm. of the season. And now I think it's pretty clear they needed upgrades in a lot of areas. They were really uh, struggled without a ball handler. They really did not address shooting in the way that they should have. Trading Devontae Graham for Josh Richardson did not fix anything. Uh, and, and, you know, they just have fundamentally missed in some areas because their their fundamental concept was as long as we keep everything together, this train is on the right tracks and we will get to the place we want to go. Maybe we'll have some adversity to overcome as a group, but we've got the right group. And I don't think they can say that anymore as they enter another offseason. I think you're going to have to see major changes at both the top and the bottom of the roster. Well, that's hopeful. And I guess I'm just not hopeful for that to happen. I mean, the Pelicans have had chances to shake things up. Obviously, they didn't think they needed to coming into this season. But you look at a guy like Kevin Durant, top one, two, three, four players in the NBA, and you have a whole fan base acting like you're crazy yeah. for trading away a one-time All-Star yeah. Who is an all-star when he's healthy and yeah. is healthy never. Who will not ever be a part and is well, I think this is about to be and finish Brandon Ingram's seventh season, who has never been a part of a team with a winning record. That's never. A ridiculous. <laughs> that's a ridiculous stat. Come on. You know? At this point it's not a coincidence. And I know obviously Kevin Durant is not uh the Iron Man himself. But uh, as an example of will the Pelicans take risk to make this team better and shake things up? No. Do the fans want them to? No, they don't. No, they're completely complacent. Yeah, Uh, most, and I think a lot, and that that is, and I think that is the biggest difference uh, here versus a lot of places is when things go terribly wrong, it is very easy to wash your hands of it and walk away here, as compared to being pissed off. When LSU football is really bad, for example, people get pissed off yeah. and they demand changes and changes happen, you know, and uh, in that in even LSU baseball, even the Saints to a degree, uh, you know, they had to they certainly understood they had to go make a big move at quarterback, whatever it was. But the Pelicans, I, 
people just walk away and they are fine with it. And that's sort of where this franchise is because they have never set the expectation or the standard that people should expect more. Yeah, and imagine if the less miles standard was held. He yeah. lost two games a year. <laughs> and if everyone that. thought he was a complete loser. They wanted him. They wanted his head on a pike. Yeah, because he could not beat the best team in the country. <laughs> it was like, oh, you can't beat the best team who you have to play every year. It's like, well, let's fire this guy. And you know what? They were right. Yeah, because there was a higher ceiling available for them. And uh, and I just find that so often the Pelicans do not have any of that standard uh, for themselves, and the fans don't have it for them either. And it is, uh, you know, just just an interesting part of being on top of and around of this team uh on that note we will take a quick break we will come back a little bit of saints talk and of course we've got your recall update right here polk and kush is brought to you by crescent canna our favorite new orleans cannabis company you know what scratch that our favorite cannabis company in the world We're huge fans of their new THC seltzer made with six milligrams of Delta 9 THC, three milligrams of CBD, and a splash of caffeine. Crescent 9 THC seltzer provides an uplifting and euphoric psychoactive experience. Because it contains hemp-derived cannabinoids, it meets federal THC regulations and is registered with the Louisiana Department of Health. Crescent 9 THC seltzer is completely legal, so adults in New Orleans can purchase it without a medical card or prescription. You can even enjoy it at bars. We love bars, don't we? Yes. Good job. With fast-acting effects that hit in 15 to 30 minutes, Crescent 9 THC seltzer makes an excellent alcohol alternative. You can enjoy an elevated, intoxicating experience without any hangover. You can try it at your favorite bars and clubs across New Orleans and Baton Rouge, including Tipitina's, Cajun's Pub, Another Bar, Friendly Bar, Bamboola's, MRB, Big Daddy's Bar, 504 Craft Beer Reserve, 12 Mile Limit, Fred's at Tigerland, and the list is expanding every single day. That's every bar. Yeah. If any bar that anybody cool wants to go to. Fred's at Tigerland. I'm there Mondays. I'm there Wednesdays. I'm there when there's mud wrestling. Tipitina's, the greatest music venue in New Orleans. Cajun's Pub. I go there. I've told you I sing Pink Triangle by Weezer. <laughs> MRB, you can get an ostrich burger. And you can now you can have a psychoactive experience. This is the greatest thing. And I had somebody uh, recently come up to me and tell me that they got a whole bunch of them. And like, it's, this is a great invention. I hope they used our promo code. They did. Kush. Holy crap. Nine. Yeah. And uh, so very exciting. Everybody loves it. I've not heard a negative review about it. Uh, I think everyone will have a wonderful time. And we'd all be getting along better as a society and people in general if we all just had a couple cannabinoids in our life. It's just fun. I, I don't drink too much anymore. It is fun to grab one of these, go into a concert, go into a bar. You feel like, a, you feel like you're still out there partying, but you can 
you know, live your life without regret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I, if, I, if I drank these instead of the 900 shots of whiskey I had on mm-hmm. Friday night, I would have felt a lot better when I woke up in the morning for certain. And I should have done that. And I'm sorry to Crescent Canna for not drinking 900 of those. You, you drink uh, one can of nine. You feel good. What's the alternative? You drink 14 beers and you try to fight a police horse? (laughs) It's not tenable at our age. It's not tenable at any age. You should be, I like the phrase psychoactive experience. You should be having psychoactive experiences instead of drunken, wasted nights that you'll never remember. Endorsed. (laughs) You must be 21 or older to purchase or consume THC products. Consult with your doctor before using any cannabis product if you have a medical condition or taking a medication. That's it. That's a sponsor. Yeah, I was going to say, or if you're uncool, but (laughs) I didn't know if that would affect the legality of it. Speaking of uncool, the New Orleans Saints are still doing stuff. I guess I, uh, you know, there's like, I, I'm trying to think of what the movie is. I, I guess it's, it's, it's uh, happy Gilmore where shooter McGavin is talking to the commissioner of the PGA. And he's like, man, we're getting youthful new sponsors. Our ratings are way up. Everybody seems to love happy Gilmore and shooter McGavin says, well, you know what? I'm not Doug. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> That's how I feel about the entire Saints offseason. Everybody's all fired up. Every single reporter that I follow, every single fan commenting on every one of those tweets, they're all excited about what's going on. And I just keep looking at it and going, I don't know what I'm missing here. I don't get it. I'm just not, I don't understand it. I don't understand why there's so much uh, buzz that like Mickey Loomis did this amazing job and that the Saints are some incredible team this offseason they have sucked for two years they brought in a quarterback who is somewhat above mediocre they signed a running back who came from the lions like who scored a bunch of one yard touchdowns like i'm not saying that they're all bad and that they made a ton of like horrible like forever dreadful moves i just don't see i still just see the trajectory as being like let's try to win the division and lose the first round I think your skepticism ends now. Today, the Saints are going to sign Jonathan Abram. Ooh. A safety. That'll solve our problem at safety with uh, Marcus May and Tyron Matthew, (laughs) who I guess were on the Saints this season. You didn't see too much of them. But this is a first-round pick from 2019. Yeah. He was brutally injured in Uh the two seasons he played (laughs) and then uh, was on practice squads and reserve for a few teams. (laughs) But this shows that the Saints are concerned with real problems. (laughs) Is there a linebacker on the Saints? Do the Saints have – I guess they signed two defensive tackles. I had not heard of them, but everything I read is that they're two of the greatest defensive tackles in the world. This is from the uh, Marcus Davenport Daily Journal. Yeah. (laughs) The only trustworthy news source left in New Orleans sports media. Every time the Saints sign somebody, the immediate headline is, why blank could be a perfect fit? (laughs) Why blank makes so much sense for the New Orleans? And and I'm just at the... I don't want to read about it. 
I don't want to think about it. I don't, and in August is when you really got to get disciplined and really block it out because that's when the, the hype train just like the the crank gets moving. You hear about, you know, the third string cornerback. Is, we heard last year Paulson Adebo might be the defensive player of the year. <laughs> he was terrible. Uh, you know, everything is just this over a bullient and most optimistic outlook possible. And uh, I just there's not many voices of dissent out there, and I don't know enough about the NFL to be, you know, poking holes in it. I just don't – I just can't get that excited. Are you telling me with a straight face that you are not thrilled about the re-signing of Roach? <laughs> The Roach Man? The Roach Man is back. <laughs> uh, um, I, like, it's all. There's only fine. one Roach in Saints history, and that's Alex Analzone. He's the Roach <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Look, there's nobody at linebacker. Caden uh, Ellis went to, I think, Atlanta. Yep. There's no, there's no guy there. There's yeah. just going to be an empty spot on the field. <laughs> well, defensive tackle until, you know, for because they lost Onyemata and they lost uh, Shy Tuttle. And then I guess they replace him with, you know, some other guys. And I don't know. I guess they're good. I, it's just like, don't come here if you're looking for Saints offseason, uh, like, true scouting analysis. Because I, I don't really understand how anybody can, like, predict what these guys are going to do. But I know for a fact at this point that expecting every single Saints move to be the right move is naive. Yeah, they've made a lot of mistakes, mostly in the draft, but also in free agency. Marcus May and Tyron Matthew come to mind. Uh, they haven't done the best job of filling the holes, and really, this team, I guess, will come down to health as well as uh, is Derek Carr a complete shell of himself, or was last year like an aberration? And that seems to be the only part that matters. I don't know if this defense is still going to be this like top five defense which is what we all thought last year mm -hmm. entering the season last year it was like it doesn't matter that Jameis winston is terrible because the defense is going to be the 2000 ravens all over again and that just didn't happen and they had a good end of the season but i think for a while they were like one of the worst defense in the nfl so i just don't uh i don't i just don't see it i don't get it uh and it is remarkable the optimism that every single person has just about every single thing that this team does. I think a lot of the positivity towards the move that the Saints have made is just like video game brain where you view each of these individual guys. Derek Carr on his own, if you don't really dig in and you don't really remember the games you've seen him play, you go, <laughs> oh yeah, he's good. Yeah. Jamal Williams. <laughs> Did he cry on hard knocks over a preseason <laughs> game while he was dressed up as Pikachu? Yeah, he did. But he had like he, 13 touchdowns. He had like 21 right? touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Michael Thomas, he's good, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of go one by one, and you go, well, that guy's pretty good, and that guy's pretty good, and that guy's pretty good. So if I just shove them all together, why wouldn't they be great? That's not really how football works. Yeah. It's kind of how basketball works a little bit. Sometimes. Yeah. But the team aspect for the Saints is lacking. The coaching is nothing. There is no confidence to be inspired by anyone, a single person on the Saints coaching staff. So throwing a couple of names at them 
doesn't fill me with hope. No. Uh, and, you know, uh, hopefully the Saints come and uh, shove it in my face. And they you go, said bet on Super Bowl. 12, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that I am as down, and here's all you need to know about me, okay? I gave up on the Tennessee basketball season. Completely gave up. Mm-hmm. Stopped watching them. Because I was like, this is an incredibly boring. And they were like in the top ten. I was like, this is an incredibly boring team to watch. I know what's going to happen. They're going to lose in the first or second round. And and they're in the Sweet 16. Because when I say something, it usually goes the other way. So I would book your Saints Super Bowl travel now. Because I have zero faith uh, that this team is going to do anything. And they're going to continue to make moves. Everyone will continue to say that they're great. We'll see what happens. I, I don't want to hear about anything. I want to watch Turn it on in September and see what it looks like because the amount of uh, hope and hype and bullshit that comes along with every single move that they make. And the latest one was a C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I guess, uh, signed with Detroit uh, for just like one year and $7 million or $8 million. And so then suddenly that became a good trade. That trading like, you know, who would have been their best or second best defensive player. I think he led the NFL interceptions. Not having him on the team last season was suddenly a good move because he didn't get that much money in free agency. This is going to be on your tombstone. Uh, it's just that doesn't make it a good move. No. It's like Mickey Dunn fleeced him. I was like, what are you talking They got a fifth round pick for the NFL interception leader. How did he fleece them? It was like, yeah, the Eagles didn't want to pay him either. Okay, it doesn't. He still played Way better for the Eagles last year than whoever the Saints had out there in that position last year. It was still a major downgrade. It was still something that really hurt them last year. Uh, So they didn't make a great move. The play on the field matters. The record matters. It's all like fantasy football every time you talk about the moves this team makes because they do so much salary cap bullshit. Everybody's like amazed because the only people that are worse than the Saints fans saying that everything is great are the people on Twitter who are like, salary cap nerds who keep telling you that there's no way they can do anything else. It's like, you obviously don't know anything. Like, they're going to continue to make moves because there will always be a next year. So they just keep moving the money down the line. It doesn't matter. They're going to they're gonna sign every... Who thought their Michael Thomas was coming back? <laughs> Nobody. They The money is unlimited. There is an uh, endless supply of money. This is the only uh, explanation of the salary cap I've ever heard. Yes. That, that just period. The number I can fake. end that sentence. The, it's like when you have a mortgage and you've paid. So you have a, a million dollar mortgage and you've paid $100,000 into that mortgage. Mm-hmm. Then you just take the money out of the mortgage and you spend it on something <laughs> else. And then you still owe a million dollars on the house. And so then you pay into it again and then you take the money out of it. Like the, the salary cap isn't real. It's fake. Yeah, it's Kabuki this, Theater. This is what Silicon Valley Bank is saying about <laughs> exactly. the Fed. They're like, that $50 billion isn't it's real. Not real, yeah. Nothing that will ever come due. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, this is the only explanation I have for the NFL. I mean, it makes sense for the Saints. Can people just focus on what matters? And that will be Jamal Williams <laughs> wearing a silly hat at most press conferences. I hope he's good. He seems like a very likable person. I liked him a lot on Hard Knocks. Yeah. Even though he did cry a couple times during the preseason. Very emotional in training camp. 
Well, it's because he's watching all this Pokemon. <laughs> it's emotionally draining. Yeah. You know, the Pikachu gets knocked out. He loses the battle. These are what teaches. This is what teaches people emotions now. Anime. Yeah, now, he seems like a, a genuinely easy person to root for. He's fun. He's good. Obviously, Michael Thomas, very easy to root for, very stable. Uh, Can you imagine Michael Thomas and Jamal Williams having a conversation? Yeah, it's going to be something. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, there's there's some oddities inside that locker room. I don't... uh, I don't know what to make of them. I think they will win the division because I think it's a pretty easy division to win. Uh, but my point stands about their, their trajectory is not high. I can't imagine a scenario in which they win the Super Bowl, but hopefully I'm wrong. And uh, and the Lombardi Trophy is a giant tattooed on my ass cheek uh, as we enter the 2024 season. Final Saints question. That's that. Eight and a half wins. Is that the number? I'm asking you. I don't know what the line is. I don't know. It's either eight and a half. I'll go under. I think it's eight and a half. I think eight and nine is what I would say now. All right. I think I'll say eight and nine, which I think is about where I thought last year. Oh, and they were a game worse than that. That's where you and thought then, last year. Yeah, and the year and everybody before, got mad at yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> the year before they were nine and eight. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I I am curious what the rest of the division does. But there's a lot of games that aren't played in the division, which people seem to forget. Yeah. You know. So with that, we've got a whole very bunch of uplifting local breakdown. It's the old It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. Love <laughs> That's right, everyone. Our local dig into the news. Uh, weekly dig into the news. That is local. This is where we're at. It. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I. I, I can't even talk about it anymore. I've talked about. It, I've been texting about it all day. Whatever. Uh, as you definitely know by now, the recall efforts of Latoya Cantrell have failed. I am refusing to be sad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that it means that this bad mayor is going to continue to be a bad mayor, but I've read uh, a handful of people on Twitter who are saying this is great because a couple of Republicans who donated money are sad, and so <clears throat> that's worth it. We've got a bad mayor, but that's okay. As long as the people I don't like are not happy, then we're good. What's his name? Rick Farrell? Uh, yeah, Richard Farrell, yeah. Richard Farrell. I say Farrell. Yeah, because you're hip, <laughs> and you wear the fun hat. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, one of the original donators. He's the biggest donator behind the recall campaign. Yeah. He owns Walk-Ons with Drew Brees. Yeah. And uh, his run-ins with LaToya go back to, like, 2020, mm-hmm. when I think he wanted to give the city a million dollars to help with the homeless problem, creating a resource center. And she said, no. Yeah. And apparently, other words, apparently she cursed him out, which, if you've seen the multiple videos of her fighting with people in bathrooms and bars, you know that that story is a lie. <laughs> By... <laughs> What's his name? Rick? Yeah. Rick's people. I think Richard is the uh, formal name, but I call him goes Rick. by Rick Farrell. Yeah. 
Uh, he's a very wealthy man. I drive past his house on St. Charles from time to time. Uh, it's easy to spot. It has a giant uh, Recall Latoya uh, banner around the entire uh, facade of her this enormous mansion. Um, look, I I celebrating the concept that you still that your your city is the murder capital of the nation. Uh, there's obviously countless problems. We've gone through them many times. Uh, celebrating the fact that that leader will continue to stay on as the leader seems like. Uh, one of the most counterintuitive things imaginable, uh, but people are doing it. Uh, you know, the, the I understood being politically disengaged enough to not sign the recall, but to be happy that it failed and she's still a mayor seems to be like impossibly dumb. Nobody likes. Nobody thinks she's doing a good job. Literally, no one. They might think that she's not doing a bad enough job to be recalled but no one thinks she's doing a good job right uh because the recall would be such a uh i guess a harsh thing for the city to go through i personally think it's actually a good thing that this process happened even though it failed uh because at least there's the threat of it in the future that somebody who's being a horrendous politician in the city might have to face some kind of consequence. And even though this one, due to Byzantine rules and bullshit, didn't quite get through, uh, there is now the threat that maybe you have to be answered to con your constituents even after you've been elected, which is like an unheard of concept here. Normally, once the election uh, ends, uh, your responsibility to the people is basically over, and then you get to do whatever it is that you want to do in office. Yeah, I mean, this is a good first effort. Uh, they received 67,000 signatures, and out of those, uh, only 27,000 signatures uh, came from qualified electors. They're saying problems included profanity. I'm sure people are writing like, fuck you, Latoya, yeah. Steve, and Marrero. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the people didn't live in Orleans Parish. Yeah. Some people put dates that were before the recall happened. Some yeah. people. This is the problem with asking people to sign stuff outside of Fat Harry's. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know what year it no. is. They don't know what their name is. Yeah. If you could just get a bunch of X's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the whole system. And apparently, so there was two different drop off dates. <laughs> Because uh, I guess there was an initial drop-off date with 30-something thousand. That was when Noonie Man ran out of the van like he was in WCW. <laughs> and then there was a second drop-off, which I guess there was a five-day grace period and then another drop-off. But the rules changed between the two dates. And so the entire second batch was like not even looked at and just thrown out immediately. Um, I don't think, you know, I'm certain there was a percentage of them that were not real people who didn't live in the city people who just you know signed 16 times but i think a lot of this was just them the recall campaign itself completely screwing up the rules uh as to what it is they're supposed to do so that part is unfortunate i do think it's pretty clear just by the way this went that even if there was a yes or no up and down vote which is what this would have triggered she would have stayed on as mayor and even if that happened, it would have taken so long that there'd be like a year left in her term. Well, the question mark with the recall is always, well, who's going to replace her? Yeah, that too. You know, it was like, well, if you kill Saddam, it's yeah. going to be one of Saddam's <laughs> sons, and they're apparently worse than him. That's what they always say about every bad elected official. We were also excited when Kim Jong-il died. Yeah. <laughs> Remember? And Kim Jong-un 
also bad. <laughs> yeah, who who's replacing Latoya? Uh, again, that and, and that was the other part of the criticism of the recall that I could never understand. Where it's like they're trying to put in a conservative, whatever. This is a racist Republican campaign. I'm like, who's the next mayor going to be? Is it going to be Donald Trump Jr.? Like, who is going to win that's a Republican in New Orleans? You are actually more likely, significantly more likely, to end up who's someone who's more traditionally liberal than LaToya is. She was like the uptown candidate the first time. Like, that, this is the, the concept that that was going to be the big problem. Like, it was, it was a mean thing to do from a left or right perspective. Like, there's no left or right here. She is bad at the job. She doesn't care she's bad at the job. She holds zero responsibility. She takes absolutely, she doesn't apologize for anything. She has done nothing right. Find me one thing in the city that's better now than when she took over. It's impossible. Uh, all of those things should be like what was discussed rather than, you know, this seems like a move by the shadow Republican government of the city. It's like, there will never be a Republican mayor. It doesn't matter. And it, it, it is a completely non-right or left issue. It should have been a completely non-right or left issue. Instead, of course, it always cleaved along some lines. A lot of it was racial. A lot of it was, uh, you know, fear of what's next. And it was a, uh, a, a disappointing result, I suppose, just because I don't think she's a good leader. But I don't. I'm glad someone tried to do it. And I'm not upset that she's still the mayor. I thought she'd still be the mayor. I didn't think there was any chance she was going to lose. I can point to some things that are better since she's become the mayor. Yes. Going to the DMV sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to have a license plate. You don't have to have a driver's <laughs> license. You don't have to have car insurance. Parking. Parking in the French Quarter sucks. She eliminated... Parking enforcement down there. Now you can just park on the sidewalk. Who gives a shit? I like sometimes to go into CVS and take some of the travel items and put them in my pocket and walk out. Now that's completely fine. There's no security. And as soon as I make it out the door, what are they going to do? Chase me? I didn't have anywhere to drive my ATV before. And now, any city street that I choose, I can just pop wheelies right in the middle of it. If you need 5,000 tire swings, there's <laughs> free tire dispenser dispensing in East New Orleans now. A lot of things have gotten better you just have to look at it a certain way it is all about outlook isn't it yeah i can freely rob others with at gunpoint <laughs> and get away with it that's beneficial for me uh, i don't know how long does she have left in her term i guess she was elected what in early 2021 is that right early 2022 the the Ida was in September, I think, yeah. and I think she got elected a couple months after Ida. Uh, you know, back after the hurricane, the power went off for two weeks. No one picked up the trash, and no one you know mm -hmm. cleaned the city street for however long. Uh, and street lights were still out from it. Yeah, uh, th that whole thing. Uh, but at least we had to uh, 
sign in to Eat It One's Flying Burrito. Yeah, I did get her one reply <laughs> about how she kept us safe during COVID. And I was like, well, she hasn't kept anyone safe from getting murdered in the street. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It, it, so it turns out, I guess, uh, only 27,000 of the signatures were legit. I don't even know how they got to that number, quite honestly, based on the rules that they had. There's no chance someone was sitting in there counting each and every person and like putting a green check mark next to the ones that like were legitimate no there's no way there's just no chance i just don't believe for a second someone was sitting in there doing that for the last month or however long i would think it could be very likely that noonie man spilled a big pot of chili (laughs) on maybe eighteen thousand sheets of the voter registry and maybe they just automatically declared those as not eligible (laughs) <laughs> but you i mean you can't you can't get anything in a timely fashion in new orleans nobody it's been two three four weeks nobody's counting sixty-seven thousand no. signatures who no. would they would never do that the amount of work that takes to to look up one person to find their name go look it up in the registry check their signature check their ward check their precinct like no one's doing that by hand. So there's obviously a batch that they consider to be okay and then a batch they consider to not be okay. And, you know, that's where it fell. And I had no doubt she was going to remain the mayor. I am not surprised. I'm not mad. I'm not sad. I just think this is what it is. And I'm glad somebody at least made her sweat a little bit. Absolutely. Well, you have to be skeptical a lot in New Orleans. People are always pulling scams on you. You got to be looking over your shoulder. Uh, maybe if you see a police officer in OPD, you go, okay, there's someone I can trust. Uh, maybe you might want to rethink that a man who was jailed this month for pointing a gun at four people while impersonating a New Orleans police officer was ordered last month to wear an ankle monitor by a judge who denied a request to hike his bail in four pending cases this is a man who dressed up as a new orleans police officer he had the pants with the yellow stripe and the blue shirt and the badge and the whole get up he also had a stolen vehicle from mobile alabama (laughs) that he was uh, riding around in and what did him in was he pointed a gun at four people at a bus stop oh my god which you think it'd be the other way around. You think it'd be somebody at a bus stop pointing a gun at you. This is just cruel to point a gun at people waiting on the bus. The judge, uh, Raymond Bigelow, uh, ordered to track 21-year-old Jordan while he stayed on house arrest, uh, went nowhere for weeks before Jordan was arrested again on March 11th at a gas station in East New Orleans with a stolen car and a gun. Police booked him on suspicion of donning NOPD blues while armed and patrolling city streets in a Mercedes Benz. Oh, my God. Stolen also from police (laughs) in Mobile, Alabama. (laughs) He claimed he was from the 3rd District while he was in, I believe, the 7th District and waved a gun at two mothers and their children as they waited at a bus stop. Oh, my God. Three of the leading providers of ankle monitors in New Orleans said they never fielded any orders to attach one to Jordan. That's like the invitation got lost in the mail. 
this is how we're ankle monitoring people. We're like emailing some guy. Hey, can you go ankle monitor this guy who stole a vehicle and has a gun? Yeah, the same way I receive like third birthday party invitations for my kids. You know, whatever evite that. Uh, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, I completely forgot about that thing that uh, got held up in a spam filter. Uh, dude, that is a crazy story. Where do you think he got the uniform? You stole it off of a cop? It's you- not clear, but when the police, uh, the police, I guess, had cameras, found out who he was from the stolen vehicle, they went to his house and his mother answered the door and turned over the police uniform. <laughs> we thought he got this for Halloween. <laughs> Maybe she's a seamstress. Who knows? He's He was um, booked in September 2020 on domestic abuse for punching and biting his former boyfriend that's huh. a good that's that a good a twist yeah that was a real twist that's a good way to make him former <laughs> punching and biting <laughs> he was arrested again three months later for attempted armed robbery when he approached a 76 year old man with a kitchen knife made stabbing motions and demanded the man's wallet and keys Jordan fled when the man refused. That's bad when a 76-year-old man is resisting (laughs) your robbery of them. As he's dressed up as, you know, the cop from the village people. Gotta say, he's really thwarting some stereotypes, though, by being a gay guy. Yeah? I'm just saying. He sure is. (laughs) This, uh, they need to, like not let that part of the story get out or they're going to be like demanding it gets released (laughs) he was just playing dress up this is cop drag (laughs) a year later officers found him in the driver's seat of a stolen dodge charger that they tracked to a walmart on bullard avenue he was carrying a nine millimeter handgun stolen from kenner you just arrested every person who came off the bullard avenue exit what success rate would you have of indicting them Four percent, I don't know. I feel like you'd have a pretty decent chance. I go to the Bullard ex- exit sometimes. Uh, my old car dealership was there. He yeah. said to get oil changes. It was a real scene. There's nothing out there, man. <sighs> nothing. I uh, I'm an infrequent visitor, I would say. But yeah, so uh, you know, ask for those credentials and <laughs> maybe bite into the badge to make sure it's not chocolate. And uh, this was a story <laughs> that happened and uh, finished uh, wh- before we got to talk about it on air. Nudie the Nutria. Yeah. He's my friend. He's your friend. I think a lot of people have seen him around town. He's kind of a local celebrity. This family found an injured Nutria, and they nursed it back to health. His name is Nudie. He lives in the house. He probably smells like an underfunded zoo, (laughs) but he's just sleeping in bed with these people, and he's really cute, even though he's got those orange teeth, and again, smells like somebody got a perm while shitting themselves. (laughs) However... They did a feel-good story on the news, like, hey, these people have a giant rat in their house. Isn't it great? Yeah. And then the wildlife and fisheries, who, what are they doing all day? Stopping Yogi Bear from stealing picnic baskets? (laughs) Who can tell? They see this story because they're watching TV while they're at work because they don't have anything to do. And they go pick up Nudie. 
the murder the the cop the fake cop yeah. is riding around pointing guns at people nobody gives a shit it's like the Elian gonzalez story yeah they've got nudie hidden in a closet he wants to be there <laughs> he went to disney world with them and everything so wildlife and fisheries goes they say hey we're coming to get nudie there's back and forth with lawyers in the meantime there's 500 t-shirts online free nudie <sighs> I will do anything for nudie. It's like the rapper shirt, you know, like free little Wayne, free yes. nudie, free mm-hmm. Boosie. In. And it worked. Almost immediately, <laughs> the cowardly wildlife and fisheries <laughs> department caved. Yeah. And they said, you know what? We're not dealing with you freaks. We're yeah. not. They're going to put nudie in the Baton Rouge Zoo, which one, the Baton Rouge Zoo sucks. Two, it sucks to go to the zoo and see a new tree. Yeah, see, no, I've been to the zoo a lot. I've never seen a new tree. You see tree a there. cow yeah. at the zoo? <laughs> What's that, a dog? <laughs> yeah. So this is a very abbreviated... I, I think all of our f- friends, fans, followers, well-wishers followed the nudie story. <laughs> he's back at home. He's stinky as ever, <laughs> and he's not going to be educating anyone at the zoo on the day-to-day of a nutria. Uh, so welcome back, nudie. That was perfect. I designed a nudie t-shirt that had a nutria and it said, fuck the police on it. I was like, that might be a little too. I don't want to bring that heat. And by the time, there were 900 t-shirts by that afternoon. And people were like donating money to nudie. I was like, well, I don't want to do that. Oh, I got nothing. That was incredible. All right. This has been Polk and Kush. Thanks for listening. Uh, Leave a review, like, rate, subscribe. You know all that stuff. Uh, Go to CrescentCanna.com. Buy Canna 9. We might have a promo code. Who knows? If we do, try K-U-S-H. That's it. We'll see you next week.